I haven't known you guys for a real long time, but you know, y'all have uh, been so wonderful to take me in, and you know, y'all are such a, a family atmosphere here at Willow Bend that, that, you know, sometimes you just feel like you want to share good news with your family, and many of you already know, but I just wanted to make this announcement. Um, I am officially uh, engaged to be married again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You ought to be applauding her. She's the one that's getting into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, she's the one that's taking the plunge. But anyway, no, um, yeah, and uh, excited about that. And uh, just, just wanted to, to share that with you guys because I know some of you knew, some of you didn't know. And so, anyway, just get it all out there. So, anyway, today, um, you know, I always felt like that as a pastor, there were some scripture that were really easy to preach. I mean, really easy to preach. I mean, they just, they just preach themselves, jump off the page, right? And then there are some passages that are not as easy to preach. Because in our world today, people are going to naturally recoil against what the scripture says. And the scripture today is one of those kind of scriptures. But, as long as I'm your interim pastor, I, I believe that you want me to preach the whole Bible to you, not just parts of it, okay? And so we're going to look at a topic today that a lot of people don't like to talk about. It's the topic of money. It's the topic of money. A lot of people don't like for preachers to talk about money. It's a touchy subject. Some people hate it. I mean, you know, this one guy said, I came to church twice last year, and the preacher talked about money both times. So I'm not coming back, you know. At the, tr at, at the risk of being misunderstood today, I, I want us to talk about your relationship with money, your relationship to God, and the whole idea of tithing. I don't I hope you can see. Can you guys see the, the uh, apples here on the front? Okay, now I want you to picture these apples. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good mental picture for you, but there are 10 apples here, okay? There are 10 apples on the table. And also, just to back up a minute, I always wanted to feel like that if I could, I would like to preach, and this is not blasphemy, not heresy, but every preacher wants to preach as much like Jesus as he can. Well, the bottom line is that Jesus preached more about material possessions than he preached about faith, than he preached about salvation, than he preached about any other subject. Did you know that? Look it up. It's true. It's true. Because Jesus understood our hearts. And he understood that where your treasure is, there is your heart also. For some, hey, let's, let's face it. Maybe for some of us here in this room, but, but for sure, for many people outside the walls of this church, what we're going to talk about today is absolutely crazy. It's unbelievable. It's silly. It's no way, Jose. It's how in the world could you even imagine that sort of thing? And yet... The Bible is pretty clear. 
A couple of years ago, following three church robberies in one day in Fort Worth, Texas, one of the Fort Worth policemen said this, and I quote, The church was once the most sacred place in town. It was a place of safety and security. When criminals have the audacity to rob God's people, we are in terrible times. And yet, our scripture today tells us that the house of God is no stranger to thieves. You have your Bible, Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse 6. Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see. I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Wow. Unbelievable, huh? Pretty strong teaching, huh? What is Malachi saying? He's saying, you, God's people, are robbing God. And then the people say, how are we doing that? How are we robbing God? And Malachi says, you're robbing God by not tithing, period. You're robbing God by not tithing. Okay. You know, I'm an Aggie. I need things simple. <clears throat> things that I can understand, things that I can see. We've got ten apples up here. Ten apples. A tithe is one apple. Now, what we're talking about here is God says, okay, I want you to give back to me a tenth. So what he's saying is, here is all that I have blessed you with. You get to keep all that. But you're robbing me if you don't give me this. That's what he's saying. You can keep all that. But, but you're robbing me if you don't give me this. It, it, look at the picture here. Look at the picture there. But you're robbing me if you don't give me back this. Here again. You know what, I, you know what most people in my churches did? They gave God that. They gave him what was left over. You know, we'll eat it, we'll take care of it, we'll use up what we can, and then we'll give God the leftover. And that's what most people did. Now, please don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not trying to be legalistic here. I'm just following what the Scripture says. What did the first part of our Scripture say? God does not change. And how many people say, oh, yeah, well, that was Old Testament stuff. That's not, that's not for today. Let me tell you something. It's for today. It's for today. I want you to think about this. 
as we go through the rest of our message today. That was a, a story that I heard many years ago. There was a guy that, that was a really dedicated Christian man. He loved the Lord, and uh, he really understood that God was a big part of the blessings in his life. And so, you know, he, he, was, he was very, very good about tithing. But, man, God just blessed him. Unbelie- it was unbelievable. And this guy started making money hand over fist. I mean, he started making more money than you can possibly imagine. And he started looking at his tithe check every week. And he started thinking, man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And so uh, he, he went to this pastor and he said, well, pastor, you know, you know I believed in tithing, but man, I make a lot of money. And if I tithe, that is a lot of money. He said, I just don't think I can do that anymore. And the pastor said, okay, no worries, man. Will you pray with me? And he said, yeah. And so they got down on their knees in the pastor's office, and he said, oh, dear God, you know that Jack loves you, and you know that he's been faithful in tithing all these years. But now that you've blessed him so much, he can't tithe anymore. So, Father, we just pray that you'll help his income fall back to where it was when he was able to tithe. He said, whoa, now wait a minute, Pastor. I don't want that. You know, I don't want that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it all depends on how you look at it, right? I mean, it's all a thing of perspective, right, And how we look at these things. Uh, it's important that we understand from the very earliest time, beginning with Abraham and continuing on through today, God has called his people to return a tithe. Now, let's look at the background of when Malachi was speaking here. Uh, Israel was going through a very hard time, very difficult economic times. Drought had ruined the crops. Disease had crippled the flocks. And they were, you know, they were going through a difficult time financially, plain and simple. They were just the opposite of that story I just told you. You know, they once had plenty and now they did not have so much. Now, understand, they had not quit giving to God. They were still giving. They just weren't giving the way God had commanded them to. And why? Because their income had fallen. And they were having hard times. And, you know, that, that's the same thing today. That's the same thing today. You know, people will say, I used to tithe, but, you know, I've I've hit hard times. My finances are not as good as they used to be. And so I still give, I still give, but but I just don't give the tithe anymore. Uh, They had not quit giving. They had just quit giving the way God asked them to. Uh, You know, a, a preacher friend of mine said it like this. They quit tithing and started tipping. You ever thought about that? They quit tithing and started tipping. But look at what verse 10 says. Verse 10 tells us this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then look at what God says, and we're going to look at this a little bit later, but I want want to look at it right now too. Look at this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for all of it. Now, please don't get me wrong. 
I'm not going to stand up here like some televangelist and tell you that if you give X amount, God's going to give you a million dollars. I'm not saying that. And God may not even bless you back financially or materially, but he will bless you back in ways that you cannot imagine, in ways that you cannot imagine. So there's three things I want us to look at very quickly today that we need to understand. Three things that we need to understand. Number one, when we don't tithe, we rob God. When we don't tithe, we rob God. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. To someone who has not made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, this message is absolutely absurd. It's crazy. It's out in left field. You know, you have lost your mind, Pastor. You have absolutely lost your mind. Giving a tenth is absolutely crazy. I can't, and even if I could, I'm not going to. I can't, and even if I could, I I wouldn't. It's just crazy. See, it's, it's 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 not logical, worldly thinking. It's not. Just not. It's spiritual thinking. It, it, it's otherworldly thinking. See, we, we believe that... Okay, here's the key. If you've fallen asleep, wake up. The reason it's crazy thinking is because we believe, we actually believe that what we have is ours. You hear that? We actually believe that what we have is ours. And that's not true. What we have is not ours. Bishop Edwin Hughes preached about this one Sunday, and and he came to a wealthy parishioner, and he was in that wealthy parishioner's home, and, uh, and he said, you know, he was talking to him about tithing, and he said, he said, you don't understand how much I have. All of this belongs to me. And the bishop said, I'll tell you what, Talk to me about that in a hundred years. Talk to me about that in a hundred years. If this really belongs to you. Or if you're just a caretaker for this moment in time. You're a caretaker of this these material things for this moment in time. You're a trustee of the blessings that God has given you. And you see, when we see things like that, when we see what we have, our material possessions, as really, they're really God's, and he's, we're just trustees of it. It's a whole lot easier for us to give him back his tithe. We, all of us, all of us in this room would agree that the inventor has the right to his patent. All of us would agree that, that the investor has the right to a fair return on his investment. All of us would believe that the laborer is worthy of his hire. Surely we believe that the creator and sustainer of the whole world has the right to claim a tenth of all that he has created. Surely. Surely we believe that. R.G. Letourneau. How many of you guys have ever heard of Letourneau College? Yeah, out in East Texas. Well, R.G. Letourneau was a very successful businessman. For, for almost all of his life... He didn't give 10% of his earnings to God. He gave 90% of his earnings to God his whole life. He, of course, he was very successful, but he lived off 10%. He, 
He lived off 10%. For 33 years, he did that. And this is what he said. It is not a question of how much of my money I'm going to give to God. It rather is how much of his money I'm going to keep for myself. It's not a question of how much money I'm going to give to God. It's a question of how much of his money I'm going to keep for my Self so Solomon said it like this in First Corinthians, I mean in First Chronicles, excuse me, First Chronicles twenty nine fourteen. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, O Lord, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. In other words, everything we give you, you gave us. You know? Everything we give you, you've given us, is what Solomon is saying it all belongs to God and when we don't return a tenth of it to him we have robbed him of what rightfully is so number one when we we don't tithe we rob God number two when we don't tithe we rob the church when we don't tithe we rob the church you know how many times in the mail on a certain week do you get something in the mail for people wanting you to give them money? Let me tell you something. I, you know, uh, kind of a funny part of this story. You know, I'm engaged now, and 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 uh, and you know, I, I told her, I said, "Honey, you know, I'm a great catch. I'm 56 years old, living with my mama. I mean, that's a great catch, right? It's a great catch." So anyway, but 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 because I live with my mom right now, I go out and get the mail every day, and and mom and dad. Uh, you know, over the years have contributed to certain charitable organizations. So what does that mean? That means they get about 30 pieces of mail every single day from people wanting them to give something to them. It's unbelievable, right? It's crazy. And, and what, I, what I've always told people is, look, when you give to that organization, you don't really know how that money's spent. You don't know. Now, you may know if you dig real deep what percentage goes to overhead costs and what percentage goes to this or that or the other. But the bottom line is when you give to your local church, you know how it's going to be spent because there's accountability there. There's accountability. You know where that money's going. You know how it's being used. You know what kind of ministries it's supporting. Oh, and starting next week, guess what? We're going to start talking about the ministries that you support at Willow Bend. Man, y'all support some great stuff. And when you give money to Willow Bend, you are having a hand in all of those different ministries. What a wonderful thing. But I'm telling you, there's accountability there. You know what's happening. And in our world today, I need accountability, don't you? I need that. I need that. And so, but when we don't give our tenth, our tithe, we rob the church. Uh, the Bible is clear in that the church is the, store, uh, is the storehouse of God. The church is a heavenly institution with an earthly ministry, and it takes money to maintain that ministry. You know, we used to say something a lot, and, 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 and you may think it's crass, but we would talk about this uh, at my former church. I'd say, you know, where there is no money, it's tough to be, do ministry. And that's just the truth. 
You know, somehow so that people think you're going to snap your fingers and, and something's going to happen. You know, we're, y'all are providing water for uh, the BSM, UTD. That's a wonderful thing. But you know what? If you guys go down to Kroger or Albertsons or Tom Thumb or wherever, you know, H-E-B, wherever you're going, and you go in there, Walmart, and you say, hey, uh, we're going to do, we want some water for this. Now, they might donate a little bit, but before long, they're going to ask you for some money. Isn't that right? That's right. That's the reality of our lives. And so it takes money to do ministry. And the more money the church has, the more ministry the church can do in many ways. The more resources you have. And here again, what do you got? You got accountability. You got accountability here. And so tithing is God's way to finance his earthly work that has heavenly and eternal significance. When we don't tithe, we rob God. When we don't tithe, we rob the church. And guess what? When we don't tithe, we rob ourselves. When we don't tithe, we rob ourselves. Look again at our scripture. But you ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for all of it. Wow. To all of you that may be doubters, (laughs) you know what God says? He says, look, if you don't believe me, test me. If you don't believe me, try me. If you don't believe me, step out on faith and you won't be sorry you did. Here again, I'm not talking about health and wealth uh, theology. I'm talking about giving to God and he will give back to you in ways that you can't even imagine. My life has been like that. You know, sometimes I, I will have you know, committed myself to the Lord in a certain way, and I'll think, you know, well, God's going to bless me back. And you know what he did? Rarely the way I thought he would. (laughs) Rarely the way I thought he would. But always in a wonderful way, always, always a blessing back, much more than I gave. I don't know how he will bless you. I just know that he promises to do so. I don't know how he'll do it, but I know that he promises to do so. You know, uh, a guy named Marconi created the wireless telegraph way back, you know, 150 years ago. And uh, the funny thing about this was he created it and people would say, well, how does it work? And he would say, I don't know how it works. I just know it does. I don't know how it works. I just know it does. And, and, And we don't know when we are faithful to do what God wants us to do, how we will bless us back. We don't know how that works. We just know it does. We just know that he will. When we don't tithe, we rob ourselves of the blessings that God wants us to have. Arthur Berry was a famous jewel thief. He seldom robbed anybody that was not on the social register. He was caught 
and he spent 25 years in prison. After he was released, he was uh, just working at this little roadside stand, you know, selling fruit. (laughs) A reporter came to him one day and said, uh, uh, tell me, do you have something to tell people? You were pretty famous back in your day. You were the, you know, the jewel thief of the rich and famous. And listen to what he says. He said, don't just tell them that I robbed Jesse Livermore, the Wall Street Baron, cousin of the King of England. Tell them that Arthur Barry robbed Arthur Barry. Tell them that the way I lived my life robbed me worse than anybody else. So guys, you know, it really comes down to this. It comes down to faith. It comes down to belief. It comes down to, you know, do I really believe what the Word of God says? Do I really believe enough to step out on faith? Do I really believe enough to put my money, quote, where my mouth is? You know? Here again, a lot of people say, man, Pastor, this is crass. It's crass you're talking about stuff like that. We're so polite these days, we can't talk about the truth sometimes. And the truth is, that God knows that your relationship with material possessings can get in the way of your relationship with Him. He knows that. And He needs for you to put Him first. Did you know that back during the Crusades, these knights would accept Jesus Christ and their Lord and Savior, and they would go into the baptismal waters, but they would hold their right arms out as they were dunked down into the water, they would leave their right arm out and not let it be submerged. And the reason why was that they were knights and they were getting ready to go to the Holy Land and they know that that was their sword-wielding arm and that arm was going to kill people. And so their idea was, I will be sanctified and become what Christ wants me to be except for this arm that's going to kill people. heard a preacher say (laughs) he took that story and he said you know what people do today is they become christians and they they go into the baptismal waters but instead of holding out their sword arm they take their wallet and they pull it out and then they get baptized lord you can have everything except my wallet that does not come under your lordship Well, guys, I want to tell you something. He wants it all. Our God is a jealous God. (laughs) And He wants it all. He wants your mind. He wants your soul. He wants your heart. And you know what? He wants you to love Him more than your material possessions. And when you are willing to do the things He asks you to do with your material possessions, He blesses you back. When we don't tithe... We rob God. When we don't tithe, we rob the church. And when we don't tithe, we rob ourselves. In my time in the ministry, I made a hard and fast rule. I never, ever, ever wanted to know what anybody gave. And the reason for that was that I'm a human being. 
And I knew that if there was a guy that gave a ton of money to the church I was pastor, that guess what? I might, just in my humanity, treat him better than somebody else. Also, I knew this. I knew that if there was a guy that was real sanctimonious and holy and all that other stuff and, you know, and all that, but, you know, hadn't given enough to buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's for the whole year, you know, that that would affect my spirit towards him too. So I didn't need to know that stuff. I didn't want to know it. But I will tell you this. There's no way when you pastor a church as long as I did that you don't know people that are givers. I mean, you just know. And you know when they're sacrificial givers. And, and uh, I, I tell you one guy, there, there was an attorney in my, my former church. You know, it's amazing we had such a wonderful church and we had so many attorneys. That seems like an oxymoron, right? Had a lot of attorneys. And this guy was an attorney, and, and he was a great guy. And, and, uh, and he told me right up front, he said, Now, Pastor, when we, when we do this, this, and this, I'm not going to be there. Not going to be there. Just telling you, not going to be there. I didn't like that because he was on the committee that called me, and I thought, Oh, my goodness, if the people that called me aren't going to be there, i got problems. But you know what I found out about him? I found out that he was one of those guys that the Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, you know. And any time there was a need in the church, he would quietly, behind the scenes, take care of it or help out or be there or, you know, and never, ever, ever wanted anybody to know. He was that kind of guy. A guy with a, a real heart for the Lord. And, and, but, but, you know, people in the church, they didn't know. They did not know. And my point to all of that is that when you are willing to give all that you are, and that includes your wallet and every, every, everything about when you're willing to be open to giving to the Lord, there's a joy there. There's a joy there that you experience, that I've seen time and time again. And I'll tell you guys, you know, when, when, I, was, when I was pastoring, we, we uh, you know, uh, we, we, had a, we had a guy on the staff that left us. And when we were looking for his replacement, our administrator came to me one day and he said, when y'all are looking, ask a question. And I said, what question is that? He said, ask if they tithe. And I said, of course they tithe. He said, well, pastor, the last guy that just left us did not. See, I didn't know that because I didn't know, right? Now, here again, we always ask that question of anybody we, we hired after that. And you know what? I don't know. I don't know if this is just a coincidence or what. But you know what? When the whole staff was doing what we were asking the people to do, guess what? We were blessed. We were blessed. And then on top of that, while we were there, we didn't have one capital campaign to to raise money for a building. We didn't have two capital campaigns. We had three capital campaigns. You know. The Baptist uh, Convention of Texas, the folks I work for, used to have a capital fundraising campaign called Together We Build. Well, at, at Sheer Hills, it became kind of a joke. It was Forever We Build. You know, 
Oh my goodness, here they come again. You know, here they come again. And so as a young pastor with a with the wife and two children and, and, and college and all of those things staring us in the face and we're already tithing, then on top of that, we're asking people to give above and beyond their tithe to the building fund. Guess what? I couldn't ask people to do that if I wouldn't want to do it myself. And I guess what I'm trying to say to you is that even though it was not easy for this preacher, I'm telling you, God was always faithful to me and my family. Always good to us. Always took care of us. And so all I'm saying, guys, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not up here saying this because I want to. I'm up here saying it because this is what the Word of God says and because I really, really believe that if we are faithful to God in that way, He will be faithful to us. And that doesn't mean you're going to become a millionaire and all that stuff. It does mean, though, that we will not be robbing God, we will not be robbing our church, and we will not be robbing ourselves. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. My question for you today is, where is your treasure?